This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, National Lacrosse League camps continue and we'll try and break some of the action down for you. New teams are contagious across the lacrosse world. Mammoth GM Dan Carey stopped by for a check-in on Colorado's first week in a camp. And Sean Cable, former NLLer, is recycling your mattresses. All that and more on OTCB. What is good, lacrosse fans, and welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on SoundCloud and NLL Radio. My name is Teddy Jenner. Thank you for tuning in. Had to catch my breath there, so I didn't burp right into the microphone. Uh, We're broadcasting live from Q Studios in lovely Victoria, BC. It's cold. You don't usually hear island people say that it's cold in November, but it is definitely cold and that means it's winter soon. That means we get to talk a lot of lacrosse, but unfortunately not a lot of lacrosse news per se out there. There are some stories, but nothing of earth-shattering importance. No groundbreaking news to bring your way. It's been kind of a slow start to the month, but that's okay. As always... If you want to get a hold of me at the show, you can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar, or you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Um, just some housekeeping things. Uh, apparently, I may have had some information wrong last week when I was speaking about the National Lacrosse League Officials Association. Uh, I've been trying to contact Brian Lemon just to get some clarification. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you uh, a chat with him next week. Um, But apparently, all is well between the officials and the league. Never been better. So we'll try to get Brian Lemon on the show um, to talk about that. Uh, The new deal that is hopefully going to be put in place between the officials and the league to make sure that we have certified quality refs, three-man system during the regular season. That kicks off, by the way, in a month and a day. We are that close. I'll be in Vancouver for the Mammoth and Stealth season opener that weekend on the 8th. Dan Carey of the Colorado Mammoth will join us this week. The new general manager just completed his first weekend of NLL training camp. So we'll ask him how that went, how his nerves are, and how life is beginning to go without the services of Dan Coates and Cam Holding. Of course, both out for the year with ACL injuries. So we'll get right to it. As mentioned, National Lacrosse League camps are well underway. I think Buffalo might be the only team that hasn't started camps yet, or at least had one. But there are some very intriguing battles through every National Lacrosse League camp. But I'm going to give you a couple things maybe to keep an eye on while you're watching your team Get ready for the season as you watch the transaction wires of players being signed and players being released, um, players moving on and off active rosters to the injuries or the pup list, whatever it may be. And as we get closer and closer to the deadline of rosters, which I believe is like the last weekend of November, the 24th or 27th, 
Um, somewhere around there, rosters have to be into the league, and those will be rosters that teams will start the regular season with. So that gives us another three weeks of camps. Uh, most teams will start to get some scrimmages in. And we'll start to see some teams paring down. It's very unlikely you see teams cutting guys after their first weekends of camp, especially if they haven't been able to get in a preseason game. Uh, the Stealth, the Mammoth, and the Roughnecks will be in Vancouver out at the LEC this weekend. Uh, they'll be doing some camps and getting some scrimmages in. And then the Mammoth will be back east in Ontario at the track to play a couple games with some teams. So uh, the two hubs, the track and the LEC, will be quite busy uh, hosting preseason games, and I'm sure the ILA will host some exhibition stuff as well. But if you are going out to a lot of these free events that teams are doing, which I think is great, uh, the more people you can have out there, the better. Um, here's some things maybe you just might want to look out for. Um, funny enough, one of the big things that I've noticed, uh, there, there's two spots that really stand out in most teams. Um, goalies, whether it be the starter or the backup, and finding spots to fill one or two holes. And that may not sound that groundbreaking or earth-shattering, um, but when you look like a, at a team like the Rush who barely make many changes from year to year, there are some teams that have some interesting choices and some very intriguing battles that will take place during camp. So let's start with the Buffalo Bandits. We're going to go alphabetically here. Uh, the couple battles that I like watching in the Buffalo camp, uh, obviously, who's going to take over that number one spot from Anthony Cosmo? His recent retirement last week, uh, it's up to Alex Bouquet and David DeRuscio. Uh, two young goaltenders, both have been itching to get that number one role. I give the slight advantage to Alex Bouquet. Uh, that's not taking anything away from the big fish, David DeRuscio, but uh, I think Bouquet is ready to step up and take that number one role. Uh, maybe, you know what? Maybe they do a platoon system in Buffalo, let each of their goalies get some minutes early on, and then see who rises to the occasion. Or it could be as simple as who wins the battle out of camp. Uh, I just like the way that Bouquet played over the summer, his minutes with New Westminster, uh, Jerusho and Langley saw a lot of rubber, didn't get a lot of help defensively, uh, so wasn't his best numbers-wise summer, but I think Bouquet is going to be the guy that, that rises and becomes your number one in Buffalo. And another interesting battle um, is going to be on that right side. Uh, Mark Stenos, Dane Smith, Callum Crawford, Chase Fraser. Um, that's a pretty potent right-handed group. Um, I like those numbers. Mark Stanos getting on in years, uh, still can contribute. Uh, so may see his minutes drop if Chase Fraser um, can have the kind of camp that impresses GM Steve Dietrich and head coach Troy Cordingly. I'm a big Chase Fraser fan, uh, and I think he can give them some really good minutes. But uh, most importantly, um, I'm interested to see how Dane Smith and Callum Crawford work together. Two guys who like to have the ball in their stick quite often. Um, and to see how they coexist will be quite interesting. Uh, on the other side of the floor, obviously, rookie Josh Byrne um, is going to have a lot of eyes on him, but I don't think they're going to put too much pressure on him to blow the roof off of bandit land. Uh, but you can expect Josh Byrne to have an impact right out of the gate for the Buffalo Bandits. Uh, moving westward, the Calgary Roughnecks, another goaltender battle. Um, we know Christian Del Bianco and Frank Chiliano 
are your two top guys. But sliding in there in the number third spot is Tyler Richards. Now, I don't think T. Rich will bump either of those former two. And I truly believe that T. Rich will probably be expansion bait um, for San Diego. Or for Philadelphia. Can't forget them. But I know T. Rich is coming into camp hungry. Uh, he's going to want to prove that he's still got some chops to play in the National Lacrosse League. But I believe this is Christian Bianco and Frankie Chiliano's team. Um, I'm interested, just like Bouquet and DeRuscio, to see who comes out of that as number one. Del Bianco will be, you know, in his second full year. Uh, in the minutes that he got last year, there was times where he showed brilliance. Other times where he just looked like he wasn't, wasn't quite ready. So maybe another year under Frank, uh, another year of watching from the bench, getting minutes here and there will help him improve. Uh, but I know he's a goaltender, the f- starting goaltender in the future of the National Lacrosse League. So it could be his time. But I like Frank Chiliano to be the number one guy in Calgary to come out of camp. Uh, another couple sp- people you might want to keep an eye on. 19-year-old Ryan Martell, Cole Schaefer, and Jake Cullen. Three young guys coming into the league this year. And looking to make an impact. Obviously, Ryan Martell, just at 19, uh, still an intermediate age, but really impressed when he got his, sorry, uh, yeah, I guess, he, no, sorry, first-year junior, um, but really impressed when he played minutes with the senior Langley Thunder. Um, a small kid, but great floor IQ, very much like Cole Schaefer. Uh, great hands, great floor vision. And Jake Cullen uh, is a very physical, big body, uh, can get around the floor offensively. So those are three guys out the front door to keep an eye on. Obviously, the departure of Jeff Shatler opens up some holes on that lefty O side, so there's going to be guys filling into spots. So there are some positions open. And, um, you know, Kurt Miloski said it. There's a great article from the Calgary Sun I tweeted out last night um, just talking about the sort of resurrection of this Calgary club. Uh, not making the playoffs last year uh, really stung for everybody in that group. Uh, Kurt Miloski, the head coach, really wants his team to compete for every inch on the floor. And as he said, the ball's round, we're going to put it on the floor, and we're going to let the guys battle for the spots. And you know what? There are a lot of guys that may be comfortable in their role in Calgary. Well, if they get too comfortable, one of those young guys could see them knocking the older guy off the pedestal. So um, that's a trend we're starting to see. Young guys pushing old guys for spots and and that's something that needed to keep the National Lacrosse League young to keep it fast and bodes really well for the future of the National Lacrosse League. Uh, Colorado Mammoth, we'll talk to Dan Carey in a minute about a lot of this stuff but um, two key roles. The fourth offensive righty spot with the departure of Callum Crawford has opened up. Who's going to slide in there, in there to play along Noble, Keough, and Jacob Rue? Maybe they just stick with three righties and load that left side because on that left side, you have Ryan Benash, who's apparently looked great in camp. Eli McLaughlin, Zach Greer. You have those three guys right off the bat. And then you're also going to add in either Zach Haywires or Chris Wardle. So maybe they're a 4-3 and three team on the lefty dominant, which isn't seen too often in this league. But expect a couple guys in that radio spot to push. They brought a lot of guys in, uh, and they're trying a lot of guys out to see who can fill that spot on the righty side. So we'll talk to Dan Carey in a minute about that so we won't go too in-depth on the Mammoth. Uh, out in Georgia, the champs. Um, again, two guys to watch. There's a lot of battles all over that floor, um, but two guys I'm interested to see is Zed Williams and all accounts. Um, he has looked quite good 
Uh, he's asking all the right questions. Uh, he's paying attention to all the drills, and he seemed to fit in quite well in his first National Lacrosse League camp. And then the return of Jesse King, with Jordan Hall being put on um, the holdout list due to work commitments or family commitments. I can't remember which one it was. Um, with Jordan Hall not going to be starting the season, uh, it just opens the door for Jesse King to walk right back in. And uh, I mentioned this last week. I've seen Kinger uh, quite a few times here in Victoria over the past few weeks, and, and he feels great. He's confident. He's excited to get back with the guys. And, and when he gets on the floor and he gets as determined and puts his mind to it, um, Jesse King is going to make the champs even better. And I'm excited uh, to see Jesse King back on the floor. It was, un- it was tough to watch him sit idle, um, having to go through the rehab and the process of getting that knee back to full strength. But uh, he's looking better than ever. Um, it'll be great to see Jesse King back on the floor. So those are two good battles um, in that group. Out in New England, um, the three guys that they brought in via trade, uh, well, Brock, sorry, David Brock was a free agent acquisition, but uh, David Brock... John LaFontaine and Aaron Bold. Um, those three guys are really, I think they're going to have a lot of eyes on them. Uh, Brock is very underrated, in my opinion, and so is LaFontaine. They both kind of got overshadowed in the defensive systems that they played, especially LaFontaine. Um, Brock has been a guy that's been a standout for Buffalo in the past few years, uh, really good in transition, uh, a great team guy. He can drop the mitts if he has to, but a real steady back-end defender, physical, uh, uses his size to advantage, and I think that's going to really help in New England. And then, of course, Aaron Bold. And I I think there's a lot of pressure on Bold. Actually, let let me try that again. I don't think there's pressure on Aaron Bold because everybody for years has said that Aaron Bold is only good because of the defense that he was playing behind. And I never believed that because I'm a huge Aaron Bold fan and I think he's a fantastic goaltender. But Derek Keenan saw an opportunity to swap goaltenders and he took it. And so now the New England Black Wolves get a goaltender who is probably pretty pissed off and has a spur in his bonnet. Sorry, spur in his boot, be in his bonnet. Take your analogy as you will. And I know Aaron Bold is excited to prove people wrong. And there aren't too many goaltenders or players, period, that work as hard off the floor as Aaron Bold does, both in the gym and in the mental preparation, whether it be studying game film or just being psychologically and mentally strong. Aaron Bold is a competitor. And when you start to doubt him, he starts to prove you wrong. And you put him in a Glenn Clark defensive system that is big, that is physical, and they'll probably play a fairly compact system to allow Aaron Bold to see some shots, I think Aaron Bold is going to have a resurgent-type year. Expect him to have a year that Evan Kirk did a couple years ago when he was goaltender of the year. And if Boldy can get that kind of defense playing in front of him, there's no doubt in my mind that Boldy will finish the year with a sub-10 goals against average and an 80-plus save percentage. And he's going to bring the Black Wolves deep into the playoffs. I truly believe it. Um, Another guy that um, I've been talking to, or sorry, uh, another name that's come out of the New England Black Wolves camp from the people that I've been talking to, 
uh, was Anthony Jokum. Uh, the kid has, you know, really fit in. And another young guy that, again, asking all the right questions, just biding his time, learning from those around him, and, and has looked really good physically. Um, his footwork has been good. Uh, he's adjusted well to the NLL-style game and could be a name that could crack that opening day roster f- for Glenn Clark and the New England Black Wolves. To the Rochester Nighthawks, the Black Wolves pack brother. No timetable on the return of Cody Jamison. I talked to Paul Day um, earlier in the day, and uh, he just, you know, it's great to have Cody Jamison around the group um, and be with the guys. He's an incredible emotional support for that group and an incredible leader, uh, but he's just not quite ready to be back yet. We don't know, or they don't know, a timetable for when he's going to be on the floor ready to go. Obviously, everyone hopes it will be for opening weekend in a month's time. Jake Withers, the guy that Rochester surprised most people with and selected second overall. I think there'll be a little bit of pressure on him, but uh, Jake is a very steady young D guy. Uh, Mike Hazen will be very careful with him. He won't want to expose him too much. And with the defense they already have there in Rochester, Sid Smith, Graham Hosick, the like, I think Jake Withers will be protected and he'll be allowed to do what he does best, and that's just play steady defense, push the ball when he can. And that's the great thing about having young athletic D guys is you can let them use that athletic ability and that youthful exuberance to your advantage. You have your core group of guys that's going to play back at home. You're going to have Ian Lord jumping all over the place, diving in front of balls. You're going to have Sid Smith stripping guys and Hossick just muscling guys all over the place. Let some of those younger guys be your rovers, be your hound dogs, And I think that's what uh, Jake Withers is going to be. Get out there, get stick on hands, put some pressure, cause some turnovers, and when you get that ball, take that green light and head up the floor. And Jake Withers did that really well with Peterborough uh, in the Man Cup, and I'm excited to see what he does in the National Lacrosse League this year with the Rochester Nighthawks. And another sort of trend that I'm going to keep an eye on this year um, are the second-year guys. Everyone talks in pro sports, the sophomore slump, well, I'm excited to see what Kyle Jackson does. KJ47, um, he's looked phenomenal in camp. He had an incredible year last year and probably uh, was was definitely up there in Rookie of the Year voting, but some guy up in Toronto had a pretty darn good year. Um, so that's Rochester. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rush, uh, just like Aaron Bold in New England, I'm going to keep an eye on what Evan Kirk does in Saskatchewan. Um, as mentioned, Derek Keenan, um, was really happy getting this trade. He's been a fan of Evan Kirk for a while. Um, but it's not the play of Kirk that I'm going to be watching. It's going to be who takes the backup spot. And for years, uh, the backup was Tyler Carlson behind Aaron Bold, and he was used very sparingly. Um, Aaron Bold, much like Dylan Ward, pretty much saw the bulk of the minutes for their team last year. Um, so Tyler Carlson, Zach Boychuk, and Adam Shute are the three guys going to be battling for that backup spot. And I really don't know who's going to take it. All guys have had a cup of coffee in this league before. None of the three have been a true starter. They've all kind of been the secondary guy. All three could probably push for a starter job, but when it's Evan Kirk as the guy in front of you, it's probably not going to happen. 
I like the way Zach Boychuk played for Burnaby this summer. He got a lot of confidence, um, and there are a lot of guys on that team that he's familiar with. Um, Tyler Carlson, again, a, a great team guy. Uh, anytime you watch a rush broadcast, you can hear Tyler Carlson on every defensive or offensive possession. He has the loudest voice. He encompasses everything when he yells. And that's a great backup goaltender. And when he's been asked to come into play, he's done quite well. Same with Adam Shute. Um, He hasn't had as many minutes as the other two guys, um, but a very serviceable backup, a guy that can play plenty of minutes if you ask him to. But I really like Zach Boychuk to come in and steal that show. And, and if Evan Kirk has an off night, I would think that Derek Keenan would have a lot of faith putting ZB Chuck in between the pipes and letting him do his thing. Uh, the other battle is the new guy in town, and that's Jeff Shatler, um, a guy that has just been so consistent over here his Nash lacrosse league career, um, a former NLL MVP, a guy that just has an endless gas tank. You know what? He may be getting on in years in compared to the general age of the National Lacrosse League, but Jeff Shatler still has one of the filthiest sticks in the game and can still finish when you need him to. And one of the best things I love about Jeff Shatler is his compete level. He doesn't ever really look like he's working too hard, but he is going 100 miles an hour all the time. And he sets a mean pick. He fights for loose balls. He's got a mean streak to him if he needs it. And he just plays with a fire that I think is going to work really well uh, in Saskatchewan. I'm I'm going to enjoy watching him work a two-man game with Mark Matthews because um, that could be a great one-two punch uh, in Toontown. Out in Toronto, um, Adam Jones is going to make his debut with his new team this year after spending a time in Saskatchewan and Colorado. And I think he's going to fit in, you know, and you, you put Adam Jones on any team and you just let Adam Jones be Adam Jones, he's going to get you 25, 30 goals. And he may not have had the best number career-wise last year, mostly because, you know, he was in a new system and, and he contributed. It just wasn't on his regular pace of years before. So I think putting him in an offense like Toronto's, uh, I think will suit him quite well because he will be able to be, you know, the number two guy with Steph LeBlanc. And I think that's a great spot for him. Uh, he can play the crease on the power play. He can play shooter if you want. He can even set it up. So uh, he's a very versatile guy. He was, he's going to help their power play. Uh, and Jonesy is going to fit right in uh, with the Toronto Rock. And as mentioned, second-year guys is going to be a thing, but most importantly for Toronto – Look at the guys in their second year. Tom Schreiber, Kieran McArdle, Latrell Harris, um, Challen Rogers, and, and uh, Magnuson, Jordan Magnuson. All those guys had incredible rookie seasons in the minutes that they played. They're going to be looked to play even more minutes this year. And then I'll be watching how they progress. Is there a dip at the start of the season, or are they able to continue from where they left off last year? Especially a guy like Latrell Harris, was an incredible force out of the back end. Where does he take his game this year to make himself even better than he was last year? And finally, the Vancouver Stealth. Uh, we talked about right-handed O guys. Anthony Malcolm is a guy in Vancouver. Uh, he came over in a trade from Buffalo, and I really think that Anthony Malcolm is going to make that right-handed side a little more consistent. Um, they had a ton of guys revolving through that gate. I think they have like 
six or seven right-handed guys in camp right now. And, and very much like Colorado, they're trying to find the right mix of guys. Reese Dutch is going to be there. Joel McCready, going to be there. And then where do they go? James Ray, Anthony Malcolm, Scott Jones, and Jordan McBride. It's going to be a battle. And I love those battles in camp because you get to see who wants it. And it could be a veteran on the way out. It could be a rookie that just isn't quite ready and quite isn't up to speed. Speaking of fives, that's so many goalies the Vancouver Stealth have in camp. And there's no real clear-cut favorite. And I think that's a good thing. Because as well as Ty Belanger played last year, and as much as he was a sort of second-half MVP for that club with just the way he played, I'm still not sold on him. And when you have other guys pushing him for that number one spot, including a guy that they just signed in Brody McDonald, who's been hungry for a number one spot, there's going to be some competition. Eric Penny, Brody McDonald, Eric Katz, Zach Higgins, and Ty Belanger. Five goalies truly competing for two spots. And you can't look at everybody all the time, so these scrimmages this weekend are going to be huge for the Vancouver Stealth get these guys in as many minutes as they can in the preseason and see who comes out on top. Apparently, Eric Penny looked really good this weekend. And, you know, Zach Higgins, a guy that, much like we talked about uh, some of the goaltenders in Saskatchewan, has had a cup of coffee in this league. And when he's been called in, he's performed quite well. Other times, not so much. But again, that's the learning curve of young goaltenders. And in a Western division that's going to be as tight as it is, you need to make sure you have 100% confidence in that guy you put between the pipes to start the year because it is going to be a track beat this year. With everything that's looming with expansion, I think guys truly need to understand how important this year is for them. In sports, especially like in, in in hockey, when they say it's a guy's contract year, well, with expansion coming, everybody's essentially on a contract year, except guys that are going to be UFAs and who will be protected or, or left unprotected just because they're UFAs. But everybody needs to be on high alert the fact that in camp, nobody's job is safe. There might be across the board, you know, a dozen or so guys that are 100 percenters. Each team probably has a couple guys that are 100 percenters. So my math is already way off. Call it 25 guys throughout the league that are 100 percenters. Whatever it may be. Everybody has to come in ready to go. And I mentioned this last week. I truly love the idea of coaches just... You know, you can take maybe half your practice, implement systems, get guys used to the turf or playing indoors or playing against the boards, um, understanding what it means to be an NLL or kind of thing. But once you get that all sorted out, you got to start putting guys in game-type situations. Drills are great. Conditioning is important. Doing beep tests, 
some people it has more warrant than others. Yes, understanding if guys are in shape is crucial. But understanding if guys are in game shape and can play at game speed is more important than anything else. And I think that's why, you know, the opening week of camp for teams, when they're just by themselves, they're doing early evaluations. And that's what all GMs and coaches have been doing for these first couple of weeks. Just evaluating, sitting back, just seeing what guys look comfortable, what guys did the work off the floor in the offseason, what guys didn't, and what guys come in with a chip on their shoulder, hungry, and ready to go. Because those are the guys that GMs are looking for. Guys that don't care if it's their first camp or their 12th camp. Whether they're a 19-year-old rookie or a 35-year-old vet, they want guys to leave it all out there and battle for their spot. And that's what training camps are all about. You'll see the odd fight. You'll see tons of bloody knees. Guys got to get after it. And that'll be a recurring theme from every general manager or coach that you talk to. Every quote and clipping you read in the press, we got to let guys get after it. We want to see the guys that are hungriest. We want guys to compete. Damn rights you do. Because if a guy's going to come in day one and compete and push around a veteran and try to take his spot from him, that's a guy I want to see work harder. That's a guy I want to see more of. And those are the guys you're going to see playing a lot in the preseason. Guys who battle, guys who are hungry, and guys who are looking to earn a spot. We mentioned Dan Carey a few times in some of the trials and tribulations that he's already having in his first few months of official general manager duty. I caught up with him earlier in the day, and I asked him, how was his first camp? I felt good about camp one. A lot of guys came in to camp, great shape. Uh, some of the, the rookies we were very happy with, the guys that we drafted, free agents, and then our returning players. Guys are invested, and it's great to see. You see a jump from year one to year two or year two to year three, and guys get an understanding of what it means to be a professional and the time that they dedicate in the gym and training for this, uh, guys are hungry. And yeah. you know, overall I was, I was impressed with a lot of guys. It, it's, it's the game has come a long way from when you and I were in the league. And even, you know, before that of, of when coming into camp uh, in shape is imperative. Now, you know, we all remember back in the day where guys would just show up and, and skill would take over. Now it's, you know, there's off-season conditioning programs, and, and you have to come in ready to perform week one. Um, who really stood out for you, and who was the guy that you're like, wow, that guy is ready to go right away? I was impressed with Ryan Banesh, and just talking to him over the last couple of months, knowing that, you know, it's kind of a fresh start for him. And a lot of our guys take it on themselves to, to really show not only us, the staff, but their teammates, how dedicated they are to this. So he came in great shape, looked really, really good this weekend. You know, there's a lot of guys. It's, it's almost too many to mention. So yeah. I was happy with, you know, Jacob Ruay, for example. He's a guy that, that really dedicates himself um, offensively, and, and, you know, he's in great shape as well. So there's a lot of guys. I think those two guys probably stuck out to me yeah. the most. You, you talked about um, rookies coming in, some of the guys you drafted, and, and I know a lot of people are just interested to see how Jared Newman uh, transfers to the indoor game and the system under Pat Coyle. 
everyone's seen the video of him breaking the, the stick in, in, in training camp this weekend. And the guy is a monster. He's, what, 6'5", 220, 225, uh, a physical athlete. How did he look uh, inside the box? And, and do you expect him to be a guy that really competes for a spot? We do expect him to compete for a spot. And the fun part of it is watching him from the first practice to the third practice, how much, you know, he has, doesn't have any experience in box across the yeah. this weekend. And how he progressed over the weekend was pretty impressive. So I'm really looking forward to seeing. We've got this weekend in Vancouver, we've got two scrimmages, and then the following weekend in Toronto. And, you know, by that weekend, not only him, but there's a lot of guys that we're looking forward to seeing progress through training camp and where they can get to by that final camp. The hardest thing is, as we all know with our league, you know, we don't have a farm team. It's hard mm-hmm. to, to invest in these guys. So it's that short term when you see their their improvement and getting an understanding of where you think they'll be start of the season, mid season, and by the end of the season. So, you know, for him, we were, we were very happy with where he got to by the end of camp. Um, again, it's, it's competitive. We've got a lot of good players out there. From probably your biggest rookie to your smallest rookie and Ryan Lee, uh, a kid there's a lot of hype from. I've seen a lot out here uh, on the Island playing with the Nymo, a good skilled right-hander, very Jeremy Noble esque. Um, how did he fit in into your offense in this first NLL camp? He looked good, and you know you mentioned the size. He didn't. He doesn't look like he's a small player the way he plays. He's quick. He's agile, uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't shy away from the contact. Yeah. Uh, he looked good, and him and Canizero, the two righties that we drafted, both of them, you know, they they look good. So we were very impressed by those two guys. You traded Callum Crawford away in the offseason, which brought in uh, Ryan Benesh, but that means there is a spot opener in that right-hander role, and there's a lot of guys competing for that spot. How did it look? Uh, were guys hungry for that open vacancy, you think? Absolutely, and that was our intention. We bring, you know, we brought there's eight guys on our offense that we brought in for, for Camp 1 on the right side, yeah. and you know we're down to seven, Brent Adams. Uh, he's still in the IR from last year, so we had, you know, we've got six guys competing for four spots there, and you know, I think they're all high-caliber players that can play in this league. So it'll be it'll be an interesting next few weeks to see how these guys, you know, separate themselves and Absolutely. continue to, to impress us and compete in camp. We talked about that, that Calum Crawford also involved in that was Alex Bouquet, who goes to the Bandits, leaving the backup role available. Uh, you got a couple young guys in, uh, Nolan Clayton and Brennan Humphreys, uh, the Calgary kid. Uh, that backup spot's always going to be a tough one playing behind Dylan Ward, but uh, a great spot for a young goaltender to learn. How do you like your two young guys that are in camp and, and competing for a spot that, you know, we'll most likely see them on the bench for most of the year? Yeah, knowing that Dylan's our starter, he's our guy, and, you know, we expect him to play, play a ton of minutes this year as he did last few <laughs> yeah. years. Um, you know, we brought Steve Flyer in from Toronto, and he's taken a lot of shots over the years. Right, and yeah, Steve Flyer, yeah. You know, we give him an opportunity as well. So we've got Steve and then those two young guys competing, and um, we've. it's going to be hard to compare from this past weekend because we didn't have any scrimmages. So I think the next two weekends are going to be big for those three guys, yeah. and they're going to get an opportunity to, to showcase their talents and, and how they play over the next two weekends. 
You mentioned uh, the next couple of weekends. You're in Vancouver this weekend for scrimmages against the Stealth and the Roughnecks. What are you looking for your group? You're probably going to split your teams up and give some veterans a rest so you can look at a lot more younger guys and, and some of the guys that are trying out for spots. But what do you expect from your group uh, going against two teams that you're going to see a lot of this winter? Uh, knowing that we expect some mistakes from the younger guys mm-hmm. and how they adapt and how they adjust through those mistakes and I think just playing with the players that you know every team knows the guys that are going to be on the team and we've got a good chunk of players that have established themselves as our guys and guys that are going to be on the roster so how do those guys fit in with with the players that are currently on our roster and you know, offensively they might have to adjust they might have to change the way they play the game a little bit in order to um, to complement the current players on our roster also, you know, showcasing the skills and the abilities that they have defensively, you know, within our system. I think Pat Coyle has done a great job with, with how he has our defense working together. And as big of a hit as it is to miss Cam Holding and Dan Coates, it's also, you know, an opportunity for us to, to you know, that system that Pat has, it's, it's not necessarily about that individual. It's about the team yeah. play and how they work together. So, again, I think it's going to be – you know, most of it's going to be how they work together as a team. We're just over a month away officially from the start of the season and your guys' season opener in Vancouver against the Stealth. How far away do you think this team is from, from being game ready? Uh, we're, we're looking forward to these next couple of weekends, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I think at this point, it's, we're we're still a ways away to making decisions on who's going to be on our on our opening day roster. So, mm-hmm. you know, for right now, it's you know we're not there yet. So we've got a lot of work to do over the next few weeks, and we're looking forward to that. I think part of it is that process can be fun, and you know it, it makes for tough decisions when you have a competitive camp. But for us, that's something that you know, we're looking forward to over the next couple of weeks and we're, we're not rushing and we're not thinking too far ahead. It's this weekend in Vancouver, you know, and then we've got Toronto after that. So, you know, it, it is, it is right around the corner of that game one, but we're focusing on this weekend and really, you know, trying to, trying to make the best decisions possible for our team and our organization. Before we let you go, uh, everyone knows how loyal the Mammoth fans are and, and, and packing the pep center. It was great to see a lot of fans out at, um, the training camp this weekend and just really packing the place for, for just opening weekend of camp. I, I was impressed to see how many people were there. Yeah, it's, it's a testament to our team and, and our fans and how they've always been so supportive of our organization. So, you know, they, they're our lifeline. They're the reason why we exist of having the fans, you know, buy into our product. And, and I think that is, it has a, a very positive effect on, on our players to have, you know, that great of support from our fans. And for some of the new guys in the league and the rookies that have never been to a training camp before, and now you're seeing a couple hundred fans yeah, yeah. show up to a practice, it's pretty cool when you're when you're that new guy. And even for some of the older guys, and, you know, I think it's great to see to see our people out supporting our guys, and, and they want to, you know, get a look at some of these new guys that we brought in. So um, we're expecting we've got a training camp our last one in December, we'll have our team established by then. And I think we'll do the same thing. It just gives them an opportunity to, 
to show their support and for us to provide that to them to, you know, a small thank you of, of their support to us. Yeah, always a pleasure, my friend, uh, catching up. Uh, is it strange not having Steve Govett in the office? A lot quieter. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. No, that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, you know what? I, I've I still talk to Steve, you know, once or twice a week, and um, we do miss him. We do miss him, but I've been so busy that I, you know, it's kind of hard to to think about that too much. But yeah, he's, you know, he's the reason why why we've you know done so well for so long. He's a big part of that, you know, as well as the you know the executive staff and the ownership. But mm-hmm. Steve's. You know, he's been around the Mammoth since day one, so I think it was a little weird to start him not being around, but I know he's he's doing great things with that new franchise and getting things launched in San Diego, so I'm excited for him. But, yeah, we still talk quite a bit, so he's, he shows up every now and then. We'll go up for lunch at the Pepsi, or from the Pepsi Center. Makes me buy. That's Dan Carey, general manager of the Colorado Mammoth, Peterborough, Ontario native, now residing. In the heart of Denver. Nice to hear that he keeps in contact with essentially his mentor, Steve Govett. I'm sure he'll be leaning on him quite a bit with questions, comments, concerns about what to do in places. But can't get too comfy comfy because good old Gov is the enemy now. San Diego Seals. Surfacing soon, as it were. Uh, interesting to hear um, him talk or Dan talk about uh, those battles in camps and, and much of what we stressed about when we were talking about the battles that are in all the other camps and, and who looks good and, and who's competing. I'm really looking forward to see Jared Newman this weekend in Vancouver. Uh, the kid is a monster. Uh, he's really taken to the indoor game quite well. And when you have a guy like Pat Coyle teaching you the ropes, and I know Dan Coates is going to be around the group all year, and so he'll be able to learn from him as well. But when you can get a big, athletic, mobile American defender and you can get him to understand defending the two-man game and defending the wall or playing in the wall, if they can pick that up really quickly, they can have success right away. Because offensively, most Americans can adjust because you're still just shooting a ball. Playing defense from an American standpoint, stepping indoors, can be a lot different and can be a bit of a tough scale or a tough mountain to climb, as it were. And we've seen a lot of Americans adjust. Um, Newman will have a great mentor in Greg Downing, who is probably one of the best Americans to play the game indoors as a defenseman. Um, But you just look at some of the other American D guys, especially that have gone through the Mammoth organization, uh, Dave Stilley, Jamie Hanford, uh, Jarrett Park was there for a bit, Um, Tom Ethington. There's a lot of American guys that were a part of the Mammoth organization that became sort of the pinnacle of what American D guys are. Um, A great American D guy just announced his retirement, Mitch Belisle. Uh, there's another guy Jared Newman can lean on for information. Uh, look like what a guy like Eric Martin did in the NLL or Kyle Hartzell. Um, there are Americans who learned it properly, took their time, asked the right questions, and had a lot of success playing indoors. 
And I think if Jared Newman is able to pick it up quick, uh, he is going to be a very tough guy to go at offensively. Uh, He's got a huge wingspan. He's muscular. He's physical. He's athletic. He's strong. He's big. And if he's able to get the communication part right and keep his head on a swivel, uh, he's going to fit in just fine with the Colorado Mammoth. Um, I mentioned there are some new teams in the world of lacrosse. Well, everybody knows that um, the San Diego Seals are a thing and the Philadelphia quote-unquote wings are a thing. Uh, By the way, um, just a week, just over a week uh, until voting closes on the three name choices for the Philadelphia lacrosse team, the Fire, the Founders, or the Wings. Uh, Make sure you go and vote for the Wings. Every day, all day, Wings, 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 Wings. However, the National Lacrosse League isn't the only league that's expanding. The Arena Lacrosse League um, has long ago, uh, a couple months ago, announced that Whitby would be the latest team to join the ALL. Well, the Steelhawks have picked 12 players in an expansion draft and just the other day released their name and logo. They are the Whitby Steelhawks, and their colors are green and black, I believe, looks like. Um, a very standard hawk-looking picture. Um, Towns gripping a lacrosse stick, big giant W. Um Colors very reminiscent of the Saskatchewan Rush. Um, if you go on to Twitter and you just look at a bit of doing a bit of research, it's very similar to the Fresno Falcons, the South Park Falcons, um, the Hamilton Steelhawks. Much of those things very similar to one another. So maybe not the most um, original colors, original logo, original name, but alas. The Whitby Steelhawks are the newest team in the ALL. But it's the U.S. Boxla that is doing the biggest amount of expanding out there. Um, just last week, they announced the National Collegiate Box Series, which is massive. Essentially, what they're trying to do is create a collegiate championship. And they have, uh, they have launched the Ohio Collegiate Box Across League. It's going to go in partnership with the Colorado Collegiate Box Across League. Uh, they've created the Collegiate Box Series. Um, it's formed to manage each league, ensuring their successful launch, and provide ongoing support with each participating state and at a national level. So this is a huge step because not only are they getting interest from college players and college teams and college coaches that want their players playing box cross. They're getting people full on to be a part of this. Nico Blankenship was just announced as the Collegiate Box Series Commissioner. And when you add in the Ohio Collegiate Box Across League with Nick Myers, Dylan Sheridan, and Greg Bice all having a huge part of the leadership program, it just brings to light that The game is growing south of the border, and it's being provided by players and coaches that have played the indoor game, people who have vast experiences in the indoor game, and it's going to create an army of American collegiate-age box-across players that 
in a few years' time will have them ready to step into NLL camps without being a step behind. And that's massive. Because you heard what I was saying about Jared Newman and some of these other guys, the Americans that have little to no box lacrosse experience, and it's taking them a few practices or a few weeks to understand the indoor game. There's guys that it's taken them a few years to truly understand how to play properly indoors. Well, the Collegiate Box Cross League is going to do that in spades. And it's going to have players from south of the border box ready by the time they graduate college better than ever before. And with the growth that Nick Sakevich has in his vision for the National Cross League and all the doubts people have that there are NLL-caliber players ready, this is the best way to build them. Go to the biggest box or biggest lacrosse-playing states with big U.S. collegiate programs, put a box lacrosse league in, and these kids are going to sign up. And when you give them proper coaching, proper instruction, you will see a massive influx of box-playing Americans into the National Lacrosse League, and I cannot wait for it. It's going to be fantastic, and this is just one step along the path. And piggybacking off of the success of their first year with the Colorado Collegiate Box Lacrosse League, U.S. Boxle has added two more teams, the Red Hawks and the Blizzards. They'll join the Bighorns fighting Bison, Gold Miners, and Stoneflies in Colorado's Collegiate Box League. And there's also talk of more. And again, this is just the start. They're going to Colorado. They're in Colorado. They're going to Ohio, and they want to go elsewhere. Shaden Santos, Paul Tutka, Bill Turney, Matt Brown, and everybody under their umbrella has done a fantastic job in growing this out of sort of thin air. And now they're about to be the continue to be the biggest box across league south of the border, and they're creating an army. And we need to be ready because Nick Sakevich's New Look National Lacrosse League is going to include a lot of Americans, and this is where we're going to get them from. It's fantastic. Before we get out of here, um, one story I shared on Twitter last week. Um, some of you may have seen it. Some of you may not. Um, it was a quote-unquote where are they now segment, uh, NLL edition. Sean Cable, you may remember him from such devastating hits as Gavin Prout on Sean Cable inside the Pepsi Center. Um, is a true class act, uh, a great kid from Prince George. He came to Victoria to play some intermediate and junior lacrosse, and he fit in right away. He went from being a guy wearing flannel, tight jeans, and cowboy boots to being one of the prettiest-looking guys I ever done did see. But he's living in Calgary now, and he was just named one of Calgary's top 40 under 40. And he has an incredible business that's retiring old mattresses. And I think it's great. It's incredible for the environment. Um, Because truly, when you get a new bed, do you know where your mattress goes? Generally the dump. Well, Sean Cable is taking care of all that. And he's doing a great job in Calgary um, with this new program. And he is being recognized for it. Again, top 40 under 40 is an incredible accomplishment. I don't know if he's tried out for Dragon Den or the Shark Tank, but uh, definitely 
uh, a business model that has brought him some early success and some great returns. So we wish him all the best of luck in his future endeavors. And I know uh, he's doing some video work for the Calgary Roughnecks. So if you are uh, at a Roughnecks game, you may see Sean Cable at a rink near you. That'll about do it for another week here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. My name is Teddy Jenner. Find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar or email me teddy.jenner at gmail.com. We're going to reach out to Paul Day next week. Hope to get him on the show and we'll continue to wrap up um, some National Lacrosse League training camp insights and information. And if you're in the Vancouver, Lower Mainland area next weekend, make sure you check out uh, some of the preseason exhibition games going on between the Stealth, the Mammoth, and the Roughnecks. And if you're in Ontario or elsewhere, take in a National Lacrosse League camp. And then when you're done, send me an email. Tell me your thoughts. Who stood out? Who looked good? Did anybody get injured? Let's hope not. Let's hope this is an injury, as injury-free a year as we can possibly get. Because we've already had too many to start the season. And the season hasn't even officially started. We are officially a month and a day away. Let's have an injury-free season. Fingers crossed. Thanks to Dan Carey for stopping by and joining us on the show. Uh, We'll have more guests and insight in a week's time. Until then, be excellent to each other.